This is a Clark University podcast. I start the book with a story of a woman who was killed in a grocery store. And what happens is that there's a man loitering. He starts to stab this young clerk. And the police are just standing there. They're, they're not able to do anything. Like one of them throws a box, then another one throws a stool. And it's only um, at the end when the man has killed the young girl and it starts to, to, to turn the knife on himself that the police are actually able to, to step in. That's Suzanne Scoggins, a professor in Clark University's Department of Political Science. Her new book, Policing China, Street-Level Cops in the Shadow of Protest, explores China's self-projection as a strong security state despite its weak police bureaucracy. And so there was an investigation and they came back and they said that the police had done nothing wrong and so they would keep their jobs. Um, even though, uh, you know, that didn't make sense to anyone. And, and this is just an example, like an, an extreme example of what poor policing looks like. The police are under-trained, they're understaffed, they don't have the knowledge, they aren't armed, uh, they aren't able to, to do the basic job that they've been tasked with doing in a society, and that's, that's really problematic. For protest policing, there's money, there's coordination, there's training, there's specific po protocols. They know what to do. If they can't handle it, another force gets called in. But for other types of policing, for responding to murders or general theft or, you know, even traffic complaints, they, they just don't have those kind of resources and it hasn't been pushed to the top of the agenda, which makes it really difficult to overcome the challenges because that's a lot of what police are supposed to be doing on a daily basis, right? They're supposed to be you know, answering calls, responding to crimes. I'm Melissa Hansen, a producer in Clark's communications office, and this is Challenge Change, conversations to challenge your mind with people who are changing our world. Much has been written about interactions between Chinese police and protesters, but Scoggins realized there was a lack of research surrounding other aspects of policing in China. I was in graduate school, I was taking a class on contentious politics in China, and there's a lot of literature on protest and protesters, and there was nothing on the police. Uh, and so everyone was telling the story from the, the standpoint of the protesters, which made a lot of sense. But uh, it didn't make sense that there was nothing from the standpoint of the state. And since the police are really sort of the frontline agents of that, I felt like that story needed to be told. I became an academic, I actually like taught English to police officers in China. And so I knew a lot of police officers. I knew that I had those connections and, and that was really the, the impetus for all of this. I originally thought that I was gonna be writing about effective policing. There's not a lot of literature on the police. There's not a lot written about it, even like in, in the popular press. And, and so I knew that the crime rates were really low, and I also knew that resources were low. But as I started doing interview after interview, it became really clear that when I would ask them about like effective policing, that nobody knew anything that I was talking about. Basically, we all had the story wrong, and that um, this was uh, actually a story of failure and not of success. The police find conflict in their jobs, Scoggins discovered. There's the push and pull between local government and ministry influence. And then there's a strained relationship with the public. 
In the United States, we have this decentralized system where you have a lot of autonomy and in individual police stations, but they're centralized. So everything gets passed down sort of from the Ministry of Public Security all the way down to the local level. It's the ministry that provides funding for the infrastructure. And so the police describe it as, as being sort of beholden to two bosses. They have their local government influence and also the ministry influence. As a result, there's conflict with the public, right? Like as you as you can imagine, if you have uh, poor policing, you have police that aren't able to to help, aren't able to solve crimes, you have pushback. At the time, 22.5 percent of protests were being caused by uh, conflict with the police, so it's actually causing more strife. Scoggins needed to build trust before officers felt comfortable sharing their stories. Finding similarities, even if small, paved the way for officers to open up to her. I'm a Caucasian American woman doing research in a place where you know people have different experiences than me. I was traveling to places where you know some of the interviewees had never even met a foreigner before. I spent a lot of time just socializing and, and getting to know people and, and, and building trust. It, it took a while to just figure out who I was and um, you, you know why I was asking these questions and, and, and why anybody would be interested in, in their jobs. As she heard officers' stories, Scoggins found a state of discontent. The system has a lack of resources that is translated into a lack of enthusiasm. I did 112 interviews with 56 officers. There were definitely some officers who really were proud of their work, like like proud of their ability to to, to serve and to um, you know wear a uniform and, and and to try to help people. But in general, it's a it's a really difficult job with with very few resources, with pretty low pay. I don't do research on this, but others who do, you know, they find that you know rates of depression are really high, rates of suicide are really high. Like any job, they, there are high points, right? If they had solved a case, or if um, you know they had made a connection with someone, then then you do see some some positive points. But in general, it's 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 kind of grim work. Scoggins was surprised more than once during her research. I think it's that China's not always what it seems, right? And and um, there's a lot of, in the press now, there's a lot of sort of anti-China sentiment and there's this feeling that, that uh, you know, China is out to take over and out to eat our lunch and it's this, you know, really sort of nefarious government that, that has, is all-seeing and all-knowing all and, and that's just not true, right? If you, if you dig down a little bit deeper, you realize that they're just people, like, like we're just people. The Chinese Communist Party is interested in sustaining itself, and, and to do that, it sort of pegged its claim to promoting stability, and, and that meant you know, either suppressing protest or atomizing the protesters or you know, stopping uh, through some sort of repression. It's a policy of survival, but the problem with that is that when you see the type of bad policing that results out of this influence um, feeding back into protest, that's really problematic, right? Because the, the thing that you're trying to prevent, you're actually adding more fuel to the fire by, by not addressing the governance concerns. To learn more about political science at Clark, visit clarku.edu slash political science. Challenge Change is produced by Melissa Hansen and Andrew Hart for Clark University. You can find other episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. One, two, three. Clark! <laughs>